everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengerd, founder of Wengerd Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Now, if you've been impacted by these messages and you'd like to partner with us, please text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227. Or you can go to wengerdministries.org and click GIVE. And then when you're there, check out the various projects we're working on. Be asking the Lord if there's a place that He wants you to sow financial seed. And then come and be a part of the work that God is doing through Wangard Ministries. Now, if you missed the last message, you should take 20 minutes and just go and listen to it. In that message, I asked the question, Who is God? And I tried to highlight the truth that every answer in our life begins with the knowledge of God. And so the title of that message is called, is The Knowledge of God. Today, I want to start out with another question. In fact, this question is the title to today's message. The question is, who is Jesus? Now, I know it may seem like such a basic question that everyone, especially if, if you've had any experience with the Bible or with uh, the church or, or hearing stories of Jesus, you should have an answer to it, is kind of the expectation. And I'm sure that most people would have an answer of some kind. However, I'm not sure how many people would actually have the correct answer. You see, to get it truly correct, you have to see yourself as part of the answer. The answer you have to this question determines your entire eternal destiny. It also may be the deciding factor to living an abundant life here and now on the earth. In fact, I would say the answer you have to that question will determine all of those things. So let me tell you how uh, I came to this and really why I'm asking these basic but foundational questions. It's because I've seen where much of the organized church has gotten it wrong has kind of established some rules, so to, so to speak, uh, of kind of what to believe, how to believe it, and, and how we fit into the picture. But not all of these rules actually fit into the way the Bible describes this. They may be able to answer this question by describing the historical significance of Jesus and kind of by remembering the things that he did in the past, but the real question each of us needs to answer for ourselves is this. Who is Jesus to me and in me today? Notice I didn't ask the question, who was Jesus? The question is, who is Jesus? This is why the, the way you answer this and how it affects you today really is the determining factor. So a better way to ask the question might be, how can I allow the character and nature of Jesus to manifest in me every day. Who is Jesus today? If we simply know and learn the facts about Jesus but never experience the same things that he did while he was alive on the earth, we have not realized our true purpose here on the earth. See, Jesus is still very much alive. He is just not living on the earth in the same uh, form that he was um, 2,000 years ago. I want to read just a few verses in John 14, just verses 10 through 14, and this is Jesus doing the talking, and he's describing his identity and his purpose. 
So listen closely. John 14, uh, verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Those are some pretty definitive statements that Jesus is making there. And as we read these verses, we we need to be honest with ourselves and with God. Do you really believe that you have been created to do greater works than Jesus? Maybe you've already been asked this question. Maybe you've already thought of this. In Galatians 4.19, the Apostle Paul prayed for born-again Christians that Christ be formed in them. So what do you see when you look in a mirror? You see your own face, right? The image that you're looking at in a mirror is an exact representation of how you currently look to the world around you. You automatically automatically believe what you see because you've learned to trust the mirror and you trust its reflection of you. If it was bent or somehow distorted, you wouldn't trust it. You would say, that's not how I look. But in the normal mirror that you, that you typically use, you trust it. You say, oh, that's how I look. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all, with our face having been unveiled, having beheld the glory of the Lord as in a mirror, are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the same image being changed from glory to glory, from his glory to my glory, his glory being shown on my face. So when you can see the word of God, the Bible, as a mirror that is perfectly and completely showing us who Jesus was, but equally important, who you are in the world, it will open the door for you to allow his nature to be formed in you, for his image to be on you. See, we cannot truly know Jesus apart from revelation from God by his spirit. This has to come by his spirit. Revelation from someone else is not enough. It's okay to hear some stories and things from other people, but that's not enough. We must have our own personal experience with God as he reveals his son to us. Do you understand? It is a personal thing. But then back to John 14 again in in verse 21, it says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. See, Jesus is promising that he will be a personal uh, revelation to you. He will reveal himself. Do you remember verse 9 from John 14? I don't know if you've read this, but it's, but he who has seen me has seen the Father. See, if we look at these things, we we realize Jesus is making some bold statements. Our goal as children of God and disciples of Jesus should be, anyone who has seen me has seen Jesus. Do you understand the way Jesus pointed to the Father, we point to Jesus. Scripture clearly teaches that Christ is the chosen. Christ is the elect. 
When we believe the gospel, we are then called chosen and elect because we are in Christ. See, it's not about us. It's about Christ. It's about Jesus. God the Father even prophesied about this in Isaiah 42.1. He says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit on him. He shall bring out judgment to the nations. One of the verses that I mentioned last time even, 2 Peter 1 verse 4, says, Through which he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, so that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. See, we need to draw on the divine nature. We need to access that. Many times we look for everything else in the word first before taking hold of his life and his nature in our own lives. If we want to see his works in our life, signs and wonders and healings and miracles, we must be willing to live his life. See, it is his life being manifest through us. By his word, we become partakers of his divine nature. This is the very nature of God himself. His character and his nature is the only nature I truly have in me right now because I've been born again. My spirit has been made perfect and righteous, just as Jesus was righteous, just as Jesus was made perfect and holy. So that is the nature that I now have. But I can still choose to live life by reflecting my old nature. See, that's still a choice that I have. Every one of us has a choice. What nature do we reflect? Do we look in the the perfect mirror? Or do we look in the mirror of our old nature and reflect that? So how do we find his nature, Jesus himself? Yes, we look in the word. We can know God better through the scriptures than through a vision or a dream or other things. It is through the scriptures. He gave us his word. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That's Jesus. Jesus is the word. We also must remember that the knowledge and understanding in the world is empty and worthless if we live and we act without love. See, we can go for knowledge. We can go for understanding. We can try to get the the head knowledge of this. But if we don't have a true experience with him, we won't have his love. We will be missing his heart. So with his heart, we have his love. Galatians 5, 6 says that faith only works through love. Jesus is the very embodiment of love. God is love. So be sure to continually check your heart for God's love. Read all of 1 Corinthians 13 if you need a a reference of, of what that looks and feels like. 1 Corinthians 13 is really the description of who God is because God is love. Now, I started out here by reading a few verses in John 14, but now I want to read the rest of the verses leading up to those where Jesus describes who he is to his disciples. Just just imagine being there. I'm going to start in verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? 
Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you now say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Now those are verses 10 and 11 that I read earlier tied in with uh, starting in verse 1. Do you hear the, the questions in the disciples' minds? They're, they're saying, how can we know the Father? We've never seen him. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See, Jesus was the Son of God being revealed to the world. As you can answer the question that we started with, who is Jesus? You can then begin finding the answers that every person eventually asks to this question, who am I and where do I belong? You need to be able to answer the question, who is Jesus? Now, I want to finish here with a few verses where Jesus was talking to God the Father and praying for everyone who would ever believe in him. This is his prayer for you. Listen to this. This is in John 17, starting in verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they, will, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for me. He prayed for every person who would believe and he said, Father, let them know, help them to know that they are one, one with me and in, in that one with you. Have you ever heard something so inclusive and all-encompassing? Jesus is very clearly identifying himself in full equality with God the Father, and he pulls us right in there with himself. Jesus had to make himself available to the Father by faith, before the Father could do the works he did through him. All of this is about glorifying God the Father, but he does so by displaying his glory in the Son and then in us. See, God the Father displayed his glory in Jesus, and Jesus says, the glory which you have given me, I have given them. Ask God, ask him for the knowledge of God, and you will find Jesus. 
Ask him to reveal Jesus, and he will manifest himself in you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Mm -hmm.